Hey everyone, this is the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast and iHeartRadio and Dan Patrick Podcast Network production. I'm Joey Santos. And I'm Alan Nevins. And this week's episode marks the second to last episode for season one. I cannot believe it's here so quickly. Next week will be our last episode of the season before we take a break. And we couldn't think of better guests to join us as we close out our season one. You guys will absolutely love them. Today, we're talking to real former housewife of Miami, OG, philanthropist, author, beauty expert, and businesswoman, Leah Black. What's OG? Old gangster. Oh. You see the original. Okay. Anyway, Leah has always been a fan favorite and a very dear friend of mine. And today, we're talking to her about the art of the dinner party. Actually, the lost art of the dinner party. Exactly. That's what I was going to say. Well, that'll be fun. Let's grab a drink and dive in. Hi, Joey. Hello. Good morning. Can you believe it? Good morning, this is, team. We only have this one and one more. And I can't believe we're it. Done Where did our season. year go? Our yeah, season into the pandemic. Like, oh, that <laughs> disappeared right into yeah. everywhere. Well, else you know what? There. It became the new normal for us. We sort of were just like hidden away in our little pod cast. Mm-hmm. So. Clever. There you go. That's so now funny. what are we going to do? Well, I have so many things to, I'm so excited about. I have booked a trip to Italy. And I'm leaving on the 29th, and I'm never coming back oh, until great. season two, of course. Can I have your microphone? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I always like to pair. Yes. So uh, you're going to go not to Sorolo this no, nope. we're going to we're flying to Naples. We're going to spend time with my great friend Peter in oh, Positano yes, at his hotel. hotel. And we're going to spend four nights in Sorrento and a couple nights in Naples because we want to go see Herculaneum and he's never been to Naples, so we'll great. spend a day in Naples. I want to give you where my grand my great grandparents are buried if you can go visit that. Oh yeah, we'll have a car. Yeah, that yeah, because aren't they they're, right near? They're in Sarno, which is our surname. Right, so they're near Pompeii. That. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think they're I saw in, them. Uh, I think I saw them all crusted. And... Yeah, they're like statues now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She's holding a spoon, uh, and he's holding a bottle of wine. They're all, you know, encrusted frozen in, in time, in, in, in ash. <laughs> yes, I saw them lying on the racks last time I was there. <laughs> Found after the Pompeii mm-hmm. Vesuvius. Yeah. Incident. Incident. <laughs> incident. Yeah. It was a small incident. <laughs> run, run. Oh, well, so much for that. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. And this is going to be a real vacation as opposed to Costa Rica where I was working every day. Yeah. I plan to take one of these weeks and like. And not do anything? And not and tell them don't bother me unless it's really important. And you're not even going to check your emails. Oh, no, I will. Okay. But See, so it's not completely a vacation. I'll check them, you know, while I'm lying on the beach and stuff. Well, good. Have, a, have an incredible time. I'm a little bit jealous about that, but I think you need a nice little. Oh, Actually, we need to go can... away on our own and do our Yeah, thing. no, I was going to say you need a honeymoon. You haven't really had a honeymoon. <laughs> yes. You know what I mean? No, we've not really been away on our own. Well, we did in Costa Rica. We had the first five days on our own, but. Yeah, but have something romantic. Oh, no, never mind. I just said it's you, and that's never going to happen. Oh. I mean, seriously. I got a great hotel room in Sorrento on the cliffs overlooking. So when you, it's a front room facing the water. So you see Naples across the bay. You see Vesuvius. The cliffs are right there. So you look straight down those huge cliffs to the water. So the hotel is romantic. 
<laughs> Shut up. I've known you for years. Your idea of romance is a bottle of poppers on a nightstand. <laughs> you are so rude. What's poppers? <laughs> you know those jalapeno things. Okay. In case you get hungry. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, come on. We're almost done with this podcast. I'm going to say whatever I want right now. Well, did you not? Did you not before? <laughs> oh, did I? Yeah. I forgot. All right. I also want to tell you, you know, Philip the other night at your house for that dinner, turned he, he turned to me and he said, have you watched this show, The Prince, on HBO? And I said, no, I never even heard of it. Oh, yeah. So, of course, I went to watch it. And, you know, it's interesting because it's sort of like a family guy, sort of the royal family kind of family guy. Right. But, you know, it's interesting because I think they use way too much bad language. Like they think if you say fuck every three words, yeah, that that's that. funny and that drives that. me crazy because yeah, I find that so no not funny. And not only that, it's the queen saying it all the time. I mean, seriously. So if she says it once, that would be funny. But if she's saying it three times in a 12 minute skit, it's like, that's not funny anymore. No, it's not. And, you know. I'm so, not a potty mouth. Yeah. So parts of it are quite funny but it doesn't quite go as far or as funny as like family guy or what's that other what's that other? i can't with those little things that go me 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 oh mr hanky mr hanky what's that stupid show that drives me crazy south, south park, park or oh, yeah. whatever or yeah south but it's Fork. funny south that's park. not funny it is very funny me, i wish me, this were that me, funny it's funny if you're 12 no it's funny oh mr hanky can't with that. For someone anyway, someone who knows all the characters. That's the only thing I know is one Mr. Hanky. I, I don't watch cartoons. I used to watch Tom and Jerry. That was funny. That Flintstones funny. were funny. This is stupid. Anyway, go ahead. We were talking about the prince, actually. Mm-hmm. The one thing that I have to say that they don't, they don't let up on is, have you seen it? Yeah, I saw it for two minutes. It was funny until she said, you know, oh, putty mouth, oh, putty mouth. Yeah. But the Camilla's funny because she hasn't said one word through the whole series. She never says anything. Prince Charles always is talking for her. And um, and he's always pretending like everything's great between his mother and his wife. So that's kind of funny. And, of course, they never let up off of um, the funniest ones are Meghan and um, Harry. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, he's carrying that stupid massage table everywhere and giving everybody a massage from Costco. And she, of course, is doing auditions and things that they never let up on those two. And they live uh, in the Melrose apartments. <laughs> like Melrose Place? Uh-huh. That's hilarious. So, uh, I mean, there are parts of it that are funny. So... Who's the creator? Isn't he? Uh, didn't he somebody write Jeanette, for Will and... Some, somebody Jeanette? To, I think he wrote for Will and Grace. Oh, did he? Yeah, it's funny. I just wish that they would cut back the language because yeah. bad language doesn't make it funny. He's the husband of Brad Goreski, the uh, uh, stylist. Speaking of not funny, uh oh, um, have you watched any of the VMAs? You know, I forgot to record it. I saw a lot of stuff on social media. Everybody just down on it. Yeah. But I, I meant to record it because I like to see sort of the performances and see what everybody's doing. Yeah, if there were some. Oh, really? Oh, it was terrible? Was it really terrible? Why don't you just go ahead and download it? Go find it. I'll have to find it. Yeah, find it. Okay. The other thing well, that it might just... be they might be replaying it on. Oh, is it I'm an MTV sure. Or yeah, something? they're gonna get they're gonna milk that for all it's worth. Yep. Or sure. what it's not worth. It's on every it's on twenty channels. Yeah, well, what 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 what? So tell me what. It's just there is. You know what? I don't want to sound like that guy. I. But you always sound like that guy. Well, I am that guy. <laughs> 
<laughs> Guess what? You just don't want to surprise sound like package. Him. <laughs> Leave it around back. Yeah. I am that guy. And you know what? I like talent and I believe in glamour and style and all of those things. And there was not one bit of that. So I'm just going to say it. Cancel me. Be mad at me. Oh, no, 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 no. I don't care. <laughs> I have an opinion. And I'm going to be able to say it. And for those of you that love it and you want to stand up from the rafters and go, oh, Megan Kelly is so fabulous. Oh, Machine Gun Kelly or whatever his stupid name is. Oh, Machine Gun. What's that one? He's got a Machine Gun Kelly. He's got a good song. Okay, a good song is great. Well, I've only listened to that one song, so. You don't build a career on a good song, do you? Vanilla Ice? <laughs> Whatever. I'm going to say it. I think it stunk. Okay, well. And, you know, and, and I'm not alone well, in by that. By the way, you're not. I saw on social media, everybody thought it was terrible. So, there you go. One more <laughs> thing that's just got me up in arms. Okay, go for it. So, there, you know, you know how TikTok is the thing where everybody's got to do yeah. the family dance. Or that the just dance, makes yeah. me want to cringe. <laughs> so apparently, two sisters were attending their mother's funeral, mm -hmm. and at the funeral home, in front of the open casket, they decide to break into a TikTok, Rick and Mortar, or Morty and Torty, and Rick and Morty, or the, yeah. the TikTok song and dance yeah. while the coffin was open, giggling. In front of the coffin. So they didn't like So their they mom wanted much. it. No, but they wanted <laughs> it to go viral. Well, I'm sure it did. Okay, meanwhile, the mother died from a viral infection. And you're going to go doing some TikTok dance over her grave. Not even, she's not even in the grave yet. Over her coffin. Okay. But I it mean, went viral, is, didn't it? It's so out there. You know, you viral. are so that person. <laughs> I'm sorry. Well, if you're no desperate respect. for viral, then she obviously got what well, she wanted. Well, then don't wear a mask. <laughs> I can't with this world. That I is crazy, though. With this world, where was the father saying, "What are you doing?" Uh, or the cousins, or the aunts, probably or the... Uh, you know directing it, choreography. Yeah, did they? I can't. Did they? There must have been a lot of comments about that. Oh, they got slammed big time. So I'm not alone in that either. Thank you. Well, very that much. is pretty low. Two point five million. Two point five million views. Way to your funeral going. I'm going to sing. <laughs> I know what you're going to say. Yeah, right. Thank God he's gone. Ding dong, the witch is dead. <laughs> okay, I can start my day free now. Everything's off my back. That's it? Uh, that's it for that's now. That's all you got? Well, that's all. Well, I thought I it's only 10 a.m. That's all you make, got. Well, I'm sure get me back at 11. We'll do a sequel. <laughs> all right. I wanted to give you a little room for your gripes. I don't have any gripes. I flew. I did a little night flight the other night, which I'm very excited. I fly again this weekend at night. Because you have to do ten night I landings. I saw that, and that sunset was beautiful. It was from gorgeous. Your, from yeah, my cockpit. instructor took the was taking photos because he had nothing else to do. He was like, "Well, there's nothing for me to do. You've got this." And I was he, like, "Yeah, he, take photos." What, what do you mean he had nothing else to do? He had to fasten his uh, parachute, didn't he? No, totally trust. Seat back. He's just lying there. He's looking out the thing, taking photos. No, you're getting really good at this. I can't wait. I know. I can't wait either. I'm when getting are we going close. plane shopping? I'm already shopping. <laughs> I'm shopping online. See, all the things I can't afford. Yeah. But it's very exciting. I just have to do my long cross-country, take my test, and I'm done. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So we're, we're already there. Well, we have to have a little celebration. Well, the day. test, I've got to do some studying because if I was to take it today, it would be a big old fat F uh, because I don't all the book stuff I have to spend more time on. Yeah, you have to study. How, you know, how many miles you have to be under a cloud, next to a cloud, above a cloud. Well, you uh -oh. better study or you can be what in those the clouds. clouds. What those yeah. clouds are you, called. You can be living in the clouds. 
I know. All those things. Cumulus, super cumulus, not so super cumulus. I don't know what they're all called. Cumulonimbus. Cumulonimbus. <laughs> so I have some studying to do mm-hmm. Well, good before luck with I take that. that test. Good luck with that. I'll throw you a little something if you pass. Mm-hmm. Yes. What, a parachute? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm excited for you. I'm really, I'm really excited for you. And I'm excited for me because I'll get to go flying with you. Yeah, well, please. I'm already planning my flights. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, you have your, I know where I'm going. I just don't know how one, I'm getting there. You got your number one passenger. <laughs> you go steal a plane. Yes. People Which have is, done that. It's easy, by the way. Mm-hmm. I ain't doing time, none of that. No thanks. Mm-hmm. It's easy to steal a you, plane. Well, you go ahead. You just go and fly away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just make sure there's enough gas. So, uh, yeah, gas is, is a good element for a flight. Plane. Yeah, you might want to get there. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know they've got new electric planes coming. Uh, no, I, we talked about that. I'm Safer, actually. Pulling over and then having Safer. to go plug it in. No, what if you get stuck in a in a in a what? hurricane or a? Or, How is that different than being a gas power? What if you run out of gas? Yeah, but you have to keep flying around and around and around, and then you run out of electricity. How is that different than running out of gas? I don't know what I'm saying. Clearly, but the best part is you know a, an electric engine. Is just electric going to this motor and turning it, as opposed to gas. There's so many things from the carburetor. There's so many things that can go wrong. So it's actually much safer the electric because there's so much less to go wrong. Sure, there's no be oil. There's no carbs. Way quieter. Yeah, so a flying golf cart. You don't have to worry about spark plugs and all of those things. Well, look into that. I'm sure that'll no, be you can't. much they, they're more too, They don't carry anything yet because the batteries are so heavy, but they're getting there. Oh, okay. You know, you can do it, but two passengers. Yeah, it's not going to be a 787. No. Battery operated. Yes. Oh, we're in a 787-8i. What is that? Going to Europe. That's the long... It's the thing. longest plane made. What is... But what is... What is it? Nice... It's gorgeous. That's my favorite. That, that's one of my favorite planes. We always book the seven eight seven, and the seven seven seven. Well, you will have an amazing time, and you really deserve it. And please make this a vacation. It is going to be a vacation. Good. I'm announcing it on my podcast. Don't call me. <laughs> Don't call us. We'll call you. Well, fly, fly safe. Have fun. So, before we do anything, so what's this cocktail you prepared for? Leah Black. Um, well, she, Leah is not much of a drinker, but she does Dude, enjoy- we're having her on the show. I know. <laughs> well, she'll watch us. She'll watch us pound. She does enjoy a good <laughs> glass of wine, but I mean, that was too easy. Uh, and she likes a good martini, and she likes gin, so I'm going to use Hendrix, and I created a Hendrix um, gin gimlet, and it's called The Hostess with- the mostest. All right. So you'll tell us how to make it when she comes on. I'll tell you how to make it, and I'll tell you how to shake it. And tell me how to break it. <laughs> and then we'll fake it. And we'll fake it. Do we get cake with it, too? <laughs> A poet you ain't, laureate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We'll be right back with Leah Black. Hey, it's Kaylee. 
Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Okay, we are back. And joining us today is Leah Black. Thank you for joining us. Hi, everybody. Hi, Leah. You look gorgeous. I'm going to let Joey introduce you and start things off here because you and Joey are fairly good friends. Yes, we are. We have a little bit of history together, don't yeah, we, well, Dia? We want to hear Larry about that. Larry makes the best crab cakes on the planet. <laughs> no, we've had some fun little parties together. And that brings us to our theme today, which is the lost art of the dinner party. You know, what we want to talk about, I mean, a, a million other things, but the theme, as far as the theme goes, you know, we've been all trapped up for so long. And we haven't been able to have, be our normal social butterfly selves. And I think part of the emergence, if we're so fortunate to come out of this in a healthy way, uh, collectively, is to maybe start realizing what's important and bringing people back to the table and bringing back people back to our home. Because going out is not ever going to be the same, for me anyway. You know, I even struggle with a few times that I've been out to dinner and stuff, even though we take all the precautions and even though all the protocol is in place, there's still a feeling of not feeling completely safe or comfortable. So, but knowing that we have good friends and we have family and we have homes, I think being able to bring that back to that place is a really good um, thing to start. And maybe for some people that are not able to do it or haven't been confident in their entertaining skills, maybe we can throw them a few little um, pitches. Tidbits. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Kibbles. Yeah. Kibbles. Some, yeah. Now, Leah, you know, we start each show with a drink that Joey puts oh. together dependent what is on my who, drink. Well, you're about to find out. He's oh, pre goodness. he prepares Did something special for each person, and so Yay. he's going to explain why he created this drink okay. and how it relates to you, if at all. Yes. Yeah, so, uh, how I know Leah is you're not much of a drinker. So I mean, no, and she'll have maybe a little glass of wine when we're throwing a party, and it usually gets lost somewhere. She says, "What do I do with that damn glass?" Of wine? <laughs> Bring me another glass. <laughs> I know, I know. So, and then, but if she will have a cocktail, I do recall that you liked a gimlet. So, and gin. So, what I did was I made one with uh, with my favorite gin, which is Hendrix. Okay. And but uh, and to give it a little bit of a twist, I did a because you're living in the South in Florida, and I thought we would do it a peach gimlet. Oh, nice. And so there, yeah, there it is. And it's refreshing. It's a little bit sweet, but it has that, that, uh, that nice, <laughs> nice little bite of the gin. And so the recipe will be on our, on our website. You could, anybody can make it and no, enjoy it. No, it's called a gin giblet with a twist of peach. <laughs> with a, yeah. With a, with a wedge, a slice of peach. A wedge of peach. Okay, a slice of peach. So cheers. Time. This oh, is for you. That sounds good. So how's it going? Everything's good. I wore my crown to you because I feel like if you're going to be a queen and you're going to have a dinner party, you should work the room. I <laughs> agree. And I love the necklace, actually. That's quite 
quite is it uh, <laughs> sapphires? Just like, describe you crazy. The what? That's all. So here we are. Well, so let's start off. So um, let's talk about when we have our dinner parties, and. When you, you know, I know that so many of the ones that we've thrown together have kind of almost been last minute, you know, yes. and that's kind of, but you know, the beauty of that is, is because if you do it enough and you do it well enough, you can, you pull, off, you can pull off the last minute. Most people go that's absolutely right. insane and thinking, oh my God, I have to do this in two days. You and I did it in like, you'd call me two in the hours. morning. <laughs> yeah. You'd call me in the morning. Say, well, I'm thinking about, I'm going to have like t- 10 or 12 people over. It's going to be very small, maybe about. Seven o'clock, does that work for you, Joey? Sure, no problem. And then you call me and say, well, it's actually going to be more like 30 people. <laughs> is that okay? Is that okay? Oh, sure, no problem. But we pull it off every time. And some parties go on till midnight. Others go on till 2. Some go on till 11. It all depends on how we structure it. But it always comes away with a really good feeling. I know working with you, I come away having a great time. You know, yeah. And I hope that you hosting it and all the energy that you put into it because you have that gift that hostess gift being able to make everybody feel welcome and you know one of the things that is so important that people don't understand is when you open your home the way you do and you throw a party the way you do you never make people feel like even if they bring two extra people or three extra people you make them feel completely welcome of course you unlike me i throw them out and say i didn't tell you to invite (laughs) anybody out you go no alan will say what, what is your name? You? And I need your identification. No, nope, you aren't here. <laughs> I'll be like, who are you? Who invited you? And what did you bring to eat? <laughs> yeah, Alice says, who are you and why are you here? Well, you know what's so interesting about this is even the small dinner parties that I do, and you've been here for a couple, Joey, you know, and I put out all the glass and everything, and invariably people sit down and they go, well, how did you know how to do this? And I'm like, how to set a table? <laughs> you don't know how to set a table. Tell you, a lot of people don't have a clue. No, they don't. Clue. Almost everybody doesn't have. Probably always adds extra stuff. Like you know, you you took those big canisters and filled them with you know fruit and then flowers and this and then champagne and what and they were gorgeous, you know. And like I wouldn't have thought of that. I was like, I'm going to copy that, take a picture. Yeah. <laughs> Joey always adds an extra little flair to the dinner party. Makes it makes me look so good. Like everyone thinks I'm so creative and I'm such attention to detail. And I'm like, oh yeah, it's been a little afternoon working on that joey what time are you gonna be here <laughs> <laughs> well the good thing is that we're we're a good balance with each other because what you do is seamless and you and you look gorgeous when you open your door and when you welcome your guests and you float through that room like a butterfly and i just i'm the guy that throws the rose petals behind you <laughs> yeah well you do a really good job of it you know everyone you you fit in like a guest i mean i don't distinguish between people that are putting on the party and people who are at the party i consider everybody's at the party yeah. because people people make the party you yeah. know and there's nothing worse than having you know a chef that's got a attitude or mm-hmm. someone you're afraid to ask for something i like it when the chef says i'm going to have a drink with you and play the piano and sing <laughs> it's fine with me as long as everyone is getting accommodated because it makes you feel more comfortable you no, know i, I agree. think the parties where i find more interesting conversation in the kitchen with the staff than with the uh, people holding the party <laughs> no i agree i agree and you know your house and at least the one in la is set up with that Everybody is there. The kitchen is wide open. The living room is yeah. wide open. All of that, you know, and it's a, it's a really great welcoming 
um, feeling. So the one thing that I hate, and you've probably noticed this too, and I know that Alan was curious and wanted to ask you that question about when you're invited to different uh, people's homes or parties or events, do you find yourself critiquing? You just stole my question. Uh, you know, well, first of all, I always arrive with a gift because I think that, and I don't expect people to do that at my house because I don't have formal necessarily dinner parties, but I always do like to arrive with a gift. And I really am more interested in who's there than the rest of it. For me, if like, if there's someone there that, oh, that one, then it's like the whole night is like, oh, God, I got to listen to that all night. Everyone there is someone I just absolutely <laughs> is fabulous. And I'm like, I'm all in. But irregardless, I feel like as a guest at a dinner party, it's your job to help make the party happen. I consider myself working if I'm at a dinner party. I'm going to make sure the person on both sides of me has a great conversation, person across from me. I'm going to make sure I talk to everybody in the room. I'm going to introduce people. I work the party as over mine because I love it when people come to my party and help make the party happen. People make the party. Yeah. So yeah. you got to help make the party happen. You can't just go sit there and be boring at a party and everyone feels like, well, she's unhappy or somebody's got to entertain her. Who's going to babysit her? So if I see someone sitting by themselves, I go over and talk to them and bring them into the group. You know, so I always kind of work the party as if I'm responsible for it, because I think the more energy you bring to a party, the better the party is. Yeah. Where did you get your party skills? Where did you, how did that come to you? I think I have a big mouth. <laughs> 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 I like pretty things. Oh, uh, you know, I got my skills being at the palace, having tea with the queen. That's where I learned my protocol. <laughs> but you know, throwing galas for 25 years, right. where we're raising millions and millions for underprivileged kids, you learn a lot. You learn. People are more concerned about where they're sitting and how important it is, you know, how they look and they'll spend more money on the shoes than the charity. You learn a lot from having a charity. So I have learned that the best gift you can give a hostess is just to go with the flow and be part of the solution, not the problem. Don't be complaining about what you're sitting. If they serve you meat and you don't eat meat, you cut it up and pick around it and act like you're eating it yep. and slip it under the table to the dog. <laughs> but, <laughs> you know, but I just think you have, you know, I don't want to put extra pressure on anybody. And I always offer to come early or I offer to stay late. But then if they don't want me to do it, then I know I'm not the first one there to put the pressure on them. If I see they're overwhelmed, I'll greet people at the door. If I see some Someone is having a drink, I'll say, oh, by the way, I'll get you one. I'm going anyway. I think your job as a guest at a party is to have fun, help entertain, be somewhat interesting, and bring out the best of everybody. Yep. That's what we do. And I just do it. It's not like it's my agenda. That's just what I do. Yep. And you and you do the same you do the same as as when you're the hostess. So I mean I think it's, it's yeah. brilliant. And that's why you appreciate when someone's willing to do that. Mm -hmm. You know, that's why you appreciate it. Like I know at my parties, if someone's not Talking to someone, you'd, you'd be happy to walk up to them and say, hey, can I get you a drink? And what are you up to these days? You would chip right in as though and help make the party happen. And that's what it takes because the party is all about the energy yeah. and the energy that you attract and you create and the vibe. And, you know, so the background music is important, too. Like if you notice if the music goes off and there's a lull, the room kind of gets quiet and slows down, you know. So I always have somebody tending to the music to make sure when it needs to be quieter, when it needs to be more upbeat, that there aren't any lulls, 
you know, there, there is a certain skill to having a good dinner party, but the most important thing is everyone has fun. Yeah, I agree. You know, there's always that question that people will always ask, oh, what can I bring? And, you know, when you spend all this time, especially when you're hosting, you really you have a theme, you have an objective. Right. The, the only thing you want them to bring is their the best part of themselves. Bring your sense of humor. Exactly. Bring your energy. Bring your personality. I don't need another bottle of wine. I don't need a casserole. 100%. For sure. <laughs> I don't need a cheesecake. You know, yeah. and... And that also takes the pressure off of them, you know. Well, so, let's yeah. not go too far with the cheesecake. There's always room. There's always room Only for cheesecake. Only a good New York ricotta cheesecake, and then of course bring it. Our stone crabs and <laughs> If you want to fly in those stone crabs and bring them to my dinner party, now I'll that's come not a bad idea. Yeah, okay, I'll go with that one. Then <laughs> <laughs> what you're saying it's all about literally the part people make the party, and that is why I used to think, you know, years back when I would have a gala and there were stragglers that no one really knew and they bought two tickets and not the whole table that you know I would put like half of the loud funny people with half of the quiet people so that the table would have a little energy and then I learned over the years hell no put all the fun people together and let those boring people sit over there and judge oh everybody. yeah because yeah they're like poison <laughs> exactly don't make these people try to make entertain these people yeah. I learned that from doing charities I'll yep. put all the fun people together yeah. And if they got push-up bras, stiletto heels, and a miniskirt, put them with the rich guy. They're always happy. <laughs> <laughs> They'll the donate thing. more at the auction. <laughs> that girl will be going, I want that pretty purse. I'll buy it. I'll buy it. <laughs> exactly. Uh-huh. Uh, so I have an interesting question. To get a little bit off track here. So the, the Met Gala was this past week. Right. Did you happen to see photos from it? I did. Uh, so I'm curious as to your thoughts about what it used to be and what it is now. You know, I think, and maybe I'm wrong about this, but I think people are just so over COVID. And, and I think a lot of people are aware of a lot of people are at home. A lot of people are unemployed. A lot of people are sick. And maybe they didn't want to be as extravagant as usual. They wanted to be a little more, um, you know, in keeping with the times, you know, they went through that period with the Oscars for a while when the economy was really bad. And you didn't see the big diamonds like, you know, you do a lot of years. But I think a lot of them missed the whole mark. It was supposed to be an American thing. The only one that I saw that had an American theme was J-Lo. And she looked like she just got off a horse in Wyoming. But other than that, I didn't see anybody that looked like they followed the theme, not to mention she always looks strong and gorgeous. But, they, you know, it wasn't as over the top as usual. But I will say I noticed this trend. The girls are basically wearing nothing under see-through dresses. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. <laughs> That's a yeah. new trend. I mean, they have my they have my younger, thinner body. So God bless them. <laughs> I thought a lot of the fashion was really silly. A lot of them try too hard, you yeah. know? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, we lose the history. And the, th- the thing that annoys me the most, and, and I don't want to sound like that prudish guy, but, you know, there are some things that have a history and it came from a real place and it came from a sophistication. You know, when right. it was originally started, I believe, in 1948, you know, and uh, and all of the members. Uh, it was the old Hollywood glam. No, it wasn't Hollywood at all. It was New York Society that started. Well, so New York Society glam. In any event, it was sophisticated glam. Correct. And just like the rest of the world. Everybody's gone to warm up pants and t-shirts and ponytails. Mm-hmm. So has the society. Yep. yep. I, I went to, when I was in LA the last time I was there, 
I was in the grocery store and this movie star, I cannot think of her name, but I had just seen her on a documentary about Michael Landon. She had the big hair and all the jewelry and the fabulous clothes. And she was there shopping at the grocery store. And I was just like, can I just bow down to you? <laughs> what happened when, when people dressed like this, when the airline stewardesses wore the pillbox hats and the white gloves and we had white glove and silver service and everyone was elegant and fabulous. You know, just like society's lowered its standards, it's all the way down. That's yeah. why I wear my crown for you today and all my queen's jewels. And we appreciate that. You look gorgeous. And you know what? It's true. It's We have lowered the bar. The bar has been lowered so low that, you know, you can't even limbo. So. And it's really a reflection not just of... Uh, of the clothes that we wear, it's our behavior as well. Yeah, the etiquette the is gone. Personal behavior is just, there is no low bar. There's just no low that people won't go anymore. Mm -hmm. I think reality TV had something to do with that. And I think the last administration had a lot to do with it. But we need to get back to we gotta the We got to pick it up. Yeah, we got yeah. to pull our pants up, so to speak. I have another, I have, I have lots of questions for you. Oh, let's hear them. So you used to do a lot of appearances on Flipping Out, the home show. Well, when Jeff was filming Flipping Out and I was in L.A., then I would go on the show with him. But now he's not filming it. And I was in L.A. for like the last four months. I just got back here a month ago. Uh, but he wasn't filming Flipping Out. Right. How's your friendship with him? Do you stay close? With Jeff yeah, Lewis? I talk to him on the phone regularly. I'm on his radio show often. And uh you know, I mean, he's filming something right now. If I was there, I'm sure I'd probably be part. Well, actually, he did ask me to film with him right before I left, but I was really with one foot out the door and just didn't want to. I just could. It was one more thing to add to my list, so I didn't do it. But yeah, I'm, I'm sure we'll always be friends. You know, just the kind of guy that you have to just give him a space. He is who he is, and you've got to overlook some of his behavior and appreciate the, his big heart. And basically, if you're willing to do that, you can have a long-term relationship with him. I loved that show. Yeah, me too. I mean, if you're thin-skinned and get your feelings hurt easily, you're not going to last long with him because, you know, he flips out. <laughs> 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 He's been to some of the parties that Joey's uh, hosted and thrown with me. Yeah, right? I ran into him recently at the Palm. I was having dinner with uh, Mark and Julie Grossi, and uh, we ran into Jeff, and uh, we chatted for a minute. He looks great, and so... Oh, you hosted his the luncheon for his grandmother's funeral. I did. I did, yeah. What do you do to keep your parties different each time? How do you come up with a new theme? Yeah, I don't usually have themes unless it's a holiday. If it's a holiday, I'll have, you know, Christmas or New Year's or um, Thanksgiving. I'll have it as a theme. But I don't have themed parties. I just, uh, I think what makes it interesting is the mix of the guests. You know, I might have a... A federal judge or a Supreme Court justice on the sofa, and I might have a stripper over there on the other. <laughs> so I think it's all about the mix of the people and people just having fun. I agree. Yeah, no, of course. I've had some pretty crazy people show up. Listen, I had a gala one time where I had I had Rush Limbaugh on the red carpet. I think people thought that they were going to faint. They were people at my party were literally going to faint because they know I how opposite I am politically to him, you know, so. Like, Little did they know that it was him that was going to faint. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, so I, I like to have people that are interesting. I don't necessarily have to agree with their views. Now, that's changed a little bit. At this point in my life, if you're still supporting the former guy, I'm sorry, I can't deal with stupid and I can't deal with you. Yeah. But other than that, you know, I try I try to let people just be who they are in the world and, and yeah. they and bring out the best of who they are. 
Yeah, I agree. You know, the interesting thing at listening to you speak about that, it's almost our role in hosting a party. We also become matchmakers. <laughs> but yeah. not not in that sense where it's romantic, but putting people together successfully Connecting. Is, is, is quite the quality. Yeah. Listen, I can tell you from my parties, so many people have booked all their guests on their radio shows or their podcast shows or their TV shows just from coming to my party and working the parties, you know? Yep. We'll be back in just a minute. Remember Blackwell, Leah? Remember his list every year? And you aspired to, to be mentioned on that list. He, he would roll in his grave now. That's right. That would be fabulous. That would be that. Maybe we should start it. We should start it. The <laughs> Leah Blackwell list. <laughs> that's that's not a bad idea. We should. because And I'll tell you something, and that's kind of the answer. Because if we play into the low and to the negative... We're never going to get it. The result is going to be exactly that. But if we come from a positive place and play into the positive and lift people up and and give them something to aspire to or from, we're going to have a much better result. Well, it's not really hard to do in today's world. We can try it. Yeah, because it's easy to take the high road when the low road's the gutter. So well, it should be very easy for us to do that today. <laughs> yeah. What's successful? Well, I guess the best we can hope for is that at least you're going to serve something not in the container you bought it in. <laughs> I would be happy enough with that. Take off the lid and have a plastic straw. <laughs> yeah. At least make your own guacamole, please. Yeah. Leah, most people probably don't know that your husband is a very high powered and brilliant attorney right. and represents a lot of people that they've heard of. Yeah. Uh, entertainers and singers and whatnot. The recent scandal with the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills cast member Erica Jane and her attorney husband, Tom Girardi, seems to be the talk of the town. Yeah. And while I don't cover these shows much and I don't even watch them, you can't avoid everybody talking about this scandal. Right. Uh, just curious if you have anything you want to add to that puddle of mud <laughs> you know i only met tom once and i haven't met her i will say that i don't i don't like a pile on i don't think you should kick people when they're down and i don't like a pile on having said that she could maybe show a little more sensitivity to the victims but i think she's just got her guard up that everybody's out to get her and she's just not gonna she's just like i'm not gonna go there but i don't think that you have to imagine that a big law firm with all those lawyers, all those accountants, all those forensic accountants, the city of Los Angeles lavishing gifts on him, the city of the commerce uh, department, whatever it's called, giving him awards, the business, Better Business Bureau giving him awards, him speaking at you know bar association meetings, you know an icon amongst amongst uh, uh, personal injury lawyers. Nobody ever raised their hand and said, where's that money going? Where'd that money come from? This isn't adding up. No one ever said a damn word. So you gotta think that the trophy wife that he was trying to impress all the time would be the last person he would want to know that he was a thief and a con and a creep. So you gotta think he was keeping it from her and that maybe she was the last to know. I mean, I don't know how you can hold a singer, dancer, model, actress accountable 
for what his conduct was when she has no background in finance or law. And I think she was just riding the ride. You know, she was just got herself on a magic carpet ride. And when it all came crumbling down, I think she was blindsided by it. Now, her actions since then have not helped her. There's no doubt. But we don't know that she doesn't fire herself to sleep every night. We don't know that she's not figuring out, you know, how to just survive one day to the next or having, she could be on the verge of a mental breakdown. We don't know any of that. So I just am not going to judge her and pile on. And I don't think people should pile on. And I don't like that lawyer that keeps bullying her, harassing her and shaming her and trying to embarrass and humiliate her on Twitter when he's a lawyer and he should take it up in the courtroom. So people are going to say I'm defending her, but people need to distinguish between her and what happened with the victims. Of course, the victims deserve every penny and more that they're entitled to. But this isn't even doing her. She can't pay that back. She didn't have that money. By the way, they should, he posted her, her credit card statements, which proved to me that she didn't hoard the money she spent. <laughs> she blew through it. So yeah. I don't know where they think this money is going to come from, but I just don't like a pile on. I, I don't like to kick people when they're down, and I usually root for the young dogs. So I agree. I yeah, agree. yeah. And, and by the way, if he's doing such terrible things, it's unlikely he's coming home and telling his wife, oh, let me tell you who I scammed today. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Guess who I scammed today? I'm yeah. going to go buy yourself a diamond. No, he's like, oh, I'm the king of the world. Look right. what I did here. Go buy yourself. That's what I think the dynamic was. Mm-hmm. And I just don't think people should... I mean, I get people are angry and everybody always wants to, to like make someone responsible. But go beat up on all those other 25 lawyers or more that are in that law right. firm. Right. Go beat up on all those people that donated to all those charities not knowing where they went. Don't go beating up on the on someone that didn't maybe know what was going on. If it turns out that she did know what was going on, I'd be the first one to say she'd be held accountable. But I haven't that hasn't been proven yet, and I don't think it's gonna be. I'd have to see some real evidence to believe that. And these are accusations against her, you know, and 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 not even without any any validation. The other thing is, is that, you know, we we kind of once a week or so we got to see kind of what she was doing. I mean, she was on Broadway. She was, you know, uh, recording. She was in clubs. She was going to doing the house. She was working. So we kind of saw what she was doing. We didn't see what he was doing. And obviously, yes, he was and doing quite way, a bit. She's working. She's not sitting home at the pool doing her nails, getting that money. She's out there trying to make it in the world, and she was working. And working. And, and making a name for herself on her own. Yeah. And it's not fair either that he's hiding out, voluntarily or involuntarily, in some home with no access, while she's in the public eye taking all the heat. That is not fair. If he were a real man, he would stand up and take the heat and protect her. But maybe he's not mentally capable or maybe he's just really the biggest world loser. But I don't see ever standing up or putting out a statement that said my wife had absolutely no knowledge of any of this and lay off of her and come get me. That's what an honorable person would do. But we know he's not honorable. Right. Well, this rolls right into my next question. You were a housewife yourself for Miami. Do you miss it? No, not really. I'm the type when I, I bloom where I'm planted. If I was doing it, I'd be having a heyday with it. If I'm yeah. not doing it, I'm having a heyday with something else. Yeah. But I don't miss it. It's a lot of work. It's very time consuming, emotionally draining. And all the makeup and the hair and the clothes, <laughs> it's a lot. Yeah, this, a coming lot. From, this coming from you with an emerald, with a sapphire necklace and a tiara on. <laughs> yes. 
Exactly. <laughs> what time is it there? Four o'clock? Well, I, I did my makeup in the car. And I did I kicked the rollers out of my hair as I walked out the door and put my hands. I'm very low maintenance that way. I do my own nails. Since COVID, I've done my own nails, my own hair. I've always done my own makeup, my but I don't do all that frilly stuff. Those girls spend four hours. Oh, it's ridiculous. And they gotta fly those lunatics with them everywhere they go. How annoying. I find that to be, I mean, honest to God, unless you're a professional model and you're making your money by looking that fabulously gorgeous, I get it. But otherwise, I mean, that extra four hours makes you look, what, 10% better? Yeah. <laughs> you know, you know. Who, uh, I have a couple of good friends that are supermodels. And the minute they're done with, the minute the camera gets put away, that yeah. shit comes off. Exactly. Shoes, hair, everything. Exactly. So 100%. even they don't want that kind of glamour. Yeah. It's exhausting. Yeah. What's next for you? Well, I have my weekly podcast, Lunch with Leo, where we talk Are you going to have us on there? Well, I've never had a guest. I didn't know how to do that until now. I'm not <laughs> we're always up for a good lunch. <laughs> we're, up for a, we're up for a good guest spot. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, I do that and then just talk for an hour about politics and political stuff and uh, what's going on in the world and COVID and, oh, you know, stuff like that. And then um, I have my skincare line that I've been doing since I was in my 20s, a CBD skincare line that I I added CBD to the products a few years ago. I pioneered the CBD skincare. I made it available to put in skincare. And uh, that's MI4 Dogs. And, uh, you know, I just do stuff like that. Maybe I'll write another book. I don't know. If I do, you know, the last book I wrote was Jackie Collins type book. And page six even said that I was the next Jackie Collins. And I just blew it off. And now I started thinking I should really write a book and expose some of these people. Just change the names. It won't be hard to figure out who they are. Yeah, like Dominic Dunn used to do. Those were all based on real people. I loved him. I loved him so much. His you books and his articles were fantastic. And Jacqueline Suzanne did the same thing, didn't she? Who? Uh, Jacqueline Suzanne wrote about... Yes, A Valley of the Dolls and all those books. And uh, yeah. Where can our listeners find you on social media? Uh, Leah Black Miami on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook, which I don't really go on Facebook much, but we post there. And uh, I'm on Twitter all the time. And then my website is leahblack.com. And then I have a YouTube channel that's Leah Black, something, Leah Black Official, I think it is. Yeah, that's where we also post the podcast. So there's that. Fantastic. Well, we are so happy you joined us today. Well, we had so much fun, didn't we? We yes. did. I mean, greedy Joey over there didn't FedEx me a drink, but he's having a <laughs> All right. Well, thank you again. It's good to see you. Well, we didn't tell you. You're the second to last podcast of our season. Oh, winter season wrap of this month? Yeah. Yep. We do. Uh, we wrap uh, end of September. Well, have fun. And practice your parties when you're not doing your podcast. Exactly. That's what we're going to do now. We can party. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank Bye. you. Well, that's it. We have one One more to go. Left. I sort of miss it already. I know. What are we um, going to do with ourselves now? At least oh escape God, something to do. Oh, my God. Now we have time to talk? do real life things. Oh. <sighs> But we want to thank you for tuning in, not to just this episode, but for our entire season. And you should go back and listen to some of the earlier episodes. They're quite good if you've missed any. Some of them are really excellent. 
And uh, I have to say, it's been great fun as the season goes on, watching the numbers go up and up, especially as people caught on and started sharing. It's very yeah, important. That was, well, you know, sharing. it takes a little minute. You know, I don't know how anybody just opens the door and is like, hello, surprise. It takes a minute. You have to build an audience. You have to, it's like in, even in any friendship, you just don't move in with each other. Although, you have. <laughs> yeah, after five years. I'm still uneasy well, that's about still. it. Anyway, we are so appreciative of the season. Thank you. But do go back, listen to the other episodes, and come back next week for our final episode of season one. And do we have a guest for you? Oh, yeah. We're wrapping it up with a real good Yeah. We're not even going to hint. We're just going to let you know that if you miss this, you're missing this. a name you will know. Oh, yeah. And a career that you will even know even better. Yeah. All right. Thank you. Thanks for joining us. Talk at you soon. Two Guys from Hollywood is hosted, created, and produced by Alan Nevins and Joey Santos. Produced by Lauren Boone. Edited by Marissa Ewing. Music by Luca. Executive produced by Dan Patrick. It is also executive produced by Paul Anderson and Nick Panella for Workhouse Media. This podcast is a production of Renaissance Literary and Talent and Dan Patrick Productions in association with Workhouse Media. Two Guys from Hollywood is a production of iHeartRadio and the Dan Patrick Podcast Network. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.